Agud Chodesh Chodesh Tov. At the moment of this recording, it is Rosh Chodesh Tamos. And a year ago, when Rosh Chodesh Tamos coincided with Parsha Shlach, we explored some profound connections between the Parsha and the tragedies of Tamos. And I want to do the same thing right now for Parsha's Korach. And the truth is, we don't have to look really far to find that connection and to figure out what we can learn from it. The first tragedy that we find that Chazal ascribed to Tammuz, which took place on Shiva Asr Tammuz, we find it back in the Torah, in the aftermath of one of the greatest averes of our history, the Chet Egel, the sin of our worship of the Egel Azov. Moshe Rabbeinu returns from Har Sinai to see that which Hashem had warned him of with his own eyes, that Klai Yisrael had created and were dancing around and ultimately worshipping the golden calf. And upon seeing this sight of Kleistral dancing around the calf, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu throws down and shatters the Luchos. And this is what Chazal tell us is the tragedy of Shivasar Batamas. Now, if you would ask any of us to try to point to what we would say was the tragedy, we would say the epicenter of the tragedy is the actual worship of the golden calf, our dancing around it. However many of Kleistral were actually doing it, whether some were just standing idly by and watching while others were engaging with themselves, perhaps the Erev Rav, however you want to slice it in defense of Kleistral, we would point at the actual worship of the golden calf, the explicit violation of one of the Aserus Adibros. However, Chazal points to what Moshe Rabbeinu does in response, the shattering of the Luchos, that which Hashem ultimately gives Moshe Rabbeinu a Yashik Koach for doing so. And the question is why? Why is that the shattering of the Luchos, which Chazal point out as the tragedy of Shavasar Batamas? And the answer is that even though, yes, physically it was Moshe Rabbeinu who shattered the Luchos, the actual tragedy was in fact that we were the ones that had shattered the Luchos, plain and simple. Yeah, we engage in the worship of the Chayta Egel, and in so doing, we ourselves caused those luchos to be shattered. It's really as if we had done it ourselves, because what, in fact, do the luchos represent? They are the edos, the testimony of our bond between us and Hashem, that Hashem appeared to us before, um, you know, at Har Sinai, to give us the Aseris Dibros, to tell us that we can only serve Him and no other. These tablets of our covenant with Hashem, our Mesorah, our connection to Hashem, was severed by none other than ourselves. Thus, we were the ones who shattered the Luchos, and that is the tragedy of the Chayta Egel. Now we fast forward to Parshas Korach, the rebellion of Korach. And what exactly was Korach ultimately doing? What was he accomplishing by undermining Moshe Rabbeinu? In a sense, he was really accomplishing the very same thing. He was undermining the living Eidos of our bond between us and Hashem, the one who went up at Har Sinai and received the Luchos on our behalf. Korach argues, Kulam Kedoshim, all of us are holy. Were you the only one that heard at Har Sinai, the voice of Hashem? And of course we all heard it. And of course that's why we were all culpable for the Chet Egel, because we heard the voice of Hashem. But where would we be without Moshe Rabbeinu the link between us and Hashem, like the luchos themselves, the link between us and Hashem, the bond, the representation, and the living embodiment of our Masorah between us and Hashem. Yes, the luchos were the contract between us and Hashem, the text that represents the bond between us and Hashem. But where is us in our relationship with our Torah without our Chachamim, without our Rabbonim teaching it to us? 
And of course, there are two parts to our Torah. There's the Torah Shebechsav, perhaps symbolized by the Luchos, and there's the Torah Shebaal Peh, perhaps symbolized by our Rebbe, Moshe Rabbeinu. And the two are inseparable. I would say that the undermining of Moshe Rabbeinu, the undermining of our Chachamim, is one step away from the shattering of the Luchos themselves, but I would argue perhaps even more so that it is one and the same. When Klaistral decided that the interim Rabbeinu of the time, Aaron Cohen, when they decided he was going to do what they want, right, that they're going to tell the rabbi what to do, that they're going to tell the Rav what he should be doing, instead of letting him lead, instead of letting him be the link between them and Hashem, to be the representation of the Mesorah, that is how the Chet Egel happens. And when Korach tries to undermine that Mesorah, to challenge Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, just like Aaron was challenged at the time of the Egel, and to do it in the name of Avoda, in the name of Avodas Hashem, that we want to grab the mitzvahs, that we're doing in the name of Kedusha, we're doing it in the name of all these wonderful things, and yet we're completely undermining the basis of the Mesorah, we're undermining the Torah. We are undermining that which Malachi says, Zichru Taras Moshe. And ultimately, Korach has to admit it as he descends to the grave that Moshe Viseraso Emes. Why was it that a new Bria, a new creation had to take place so that Korach can ultimately be rejected, that his rebellion be quashed, that everyone should see Korach's death in such a miraculous way? We needed to reinstate the Mesorah. We need to reinstate that which was once severed at the Chet HaEgel, and a new covenant had to be forged at that time, a new bris, a new set of luchos, before the Torah gets undermined again, when the bearers of the Torah are being undermined, at this point we need Hashem to make another appearance. Hashem comes out, as it were, and testifies that there is a Mesorah, and a Mesorah that should not be interrupted. We should be zocha to have the utmost kavod and yira for our Mesorah, and that should be reflected in our actions, and it should be reflected in our Ashkafa as well.